the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Chronicles of Samson are really quite fascinating. Several stories come out of this passage here in Judges. We invite you to join us today as we explore one of them together. That's coming up next here on Way of Grace. Join us. Judges chapter 15, verses 6 through 19 today. And this is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. As we continue our journey through Judges, we continually see these illustrations of the life of Christ and what Jesus has done for us. Samson holds many of those similarities, and that's what we'll explore today as we take a look at verses 6 through 19, where his own people bind him. But God's strength overcomes, and from there we see the glory of Christ again. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. There's a lot of falsehood and deception and prevarication and all kinds of manipulations taking place in our world to the degree that you know it intuitively. You know something's not right. In fact, every human being has that indicator in them because when they meet God on the last day, guess what they won't be able to say? I did not know. You knew something. This is what had you agitated all your life long. So when we get this optic of, 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 of uh, Samson in his artful expression of prophecy, taking the foxes and putting them tail to tail, what he's saying is the whole Philistine system is filled with lies. Is that true? Yeah. Right. Does the flesh lie? Does the carnal nature walk in deception? Jeremiah 17, 9 says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It is constantly seeking to deceive you. This is why I'm saying if you are a serious Christian, your battle first and foremost is inward. If you're a serious Christian, you cannot be thinking that the battle is won just simply by blaming somebody else. Okay, it's very important for you to know true sanctification is bringing the Philistine into subjection in you. But that has to be done also by work requisite to that when we are dealing with the text in front of us. Now, notice how they responded. I call this unethical, but it definitely corresponds with where we are today. The text tells us, I'm in chapter 15, as we look over in verse 6, then the Philistine said, who has done this? I tell you, Samson wanted them to know, right? And they answered Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companions. And the Philistines came up and did what? Burnt her and her father with fire. We talked about that last week, didn't we? All right, let me just show you a quick principle that you need to know. The Philistine, the flesh, is 
unlawful. The flesh is immoral. The flesh is unmerciful. The flesh is unkind. The carnal mind does not understand law nor order. The carnal mind is enmity against God's law. That's where my country is today. This is how wicked my country is and how wicked we have become because we have set aside God's law. We make burning up a field equivalent to killing a human being. So the Philistines thought it was just to go take Samson's wife and uh, her father and kill them. But the Bible tells me nothing could ever be even closely to just in that kind of behavior. Your Bible tells you an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a life for a life. That's called justice. Does that make some sense? A man is to be punished according to his what? Deeds. There's no way to equate an eternity-bound human being to all the fields in the world if we were to burn them all up. It would not justify killing one human being if those fields didn't end up killing other human beings. See, what I'm getting at today is that this Philistine culture in which you and I live would rather kill us and save the planet. Now y'all catching up with what I'm talking about. And we got a whole bunch of pseudo self-righteous people that feel emotionally attached to the planet, but be, would be more than willing to kill human beings. Y'all keep it up with me. And I hear it among Christians. Okay. Love your dog. I, I get it. Love your cat. I have to babysit both of them from time to time now. But I got a kind of liking to Chase, and I like Cosmo. Cosmo is the cat, and Chase is the lab pit, and I I like him. But but if it had to be between me and them, please understand. The animals were made for us, not us for them. See, this is what we call reprobation in the Bible, reprobation is when the mind is turned upside down and our value systems are contrary to God and we lower the importance and dignity of human beings down to animals. This is why we can abort our babies by the tune of hundreds of thousands every year in protest against the burning of the forest because we are a Philistine culture today. I'm making some sense, am I not? See, this is how you know your Bible is relevant. Because your Bible will hit you right where it hurts to show you whose side you on. So what we're dealing with, as we stated under point number one, is the false priority of the flesh. It's the false priority of the flesh. This was the temptation that our master had in the wilderness. Remember, the devil came to tempt him into turning stones into bread. Well, the flesh, that's all he wants God to ever do. Turn stones into bread because all the labor of man is for his belly. Stay with me, child of God. When you are operating out of a neo-Marxist socialist ideology, you don't believe in God and you don't believe in God in you. And you don't believe that you're created in the Imago Dei. Well, if you're not created in the Imago Dei, your science will necessarily drive you 
to a flat line view that everything is equal, even the most simplest creature on the planet is equivalent to the most complex creature on the planet. We're all just the same, dispensable creatures at the use of whoever is in power. Am I making some sense? This is why what's taking place today, I'm going to show you in a minute, in this medical industry is dangerous because you've got Philistines running the medical industry. Getting ready to show you that. It's very important for you to understand that there is a binding of the strong man taking place all over the world right now in front of us. And I'm still asking you the question, whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? Because you're on somebody's side. You're supporting some ideology, some worldview, some system. Whose side are you on? See, there's no middle ground. Jesus says either you are gathering with me or you're scattering. There's no middle ground. And we're about to see a pathetic confession of that in our text. A pathetic confession of that in our text. So I love Samson. He decided that he was going to go over Murdoch's head and, uh, and, and get the news industry to work in his behalf. And now everybody realized Samson did this. And I love the way he puts it. Look at what the text tells me over in chapter 15, um, verse, uh, verse number Seven. Notice what it says, because the Philistines did a horrible thing in destroying the father-in-law and wife of Samson. Samson said unto them, though you have done this, yet will I be avenged of you. And after that, I will be rested. Do you see that? That man is committed to war against the flesh. Is he not committed to war against the flesh? Samson is a model of what every Christian should be. In the different spheres in your life where the flesh is rising up to take control of you or take control of your savior. Samson is a model of every one of us in the sphere of our authority, influence and responsibility where the flesh wants to have authority over you, have dominion over you, bind you and control you. Every believer is called to wage this battle. In the sphere in which God has called you. Am I making some sense? Are you a woman? Do you know the Philistines want to bind women? Are you a man? Do you know that the Philistines have already bound men in such a way that they cannot express themselves today as real alpha males without being some kind of dangerous animal that needs to be locked up? Are you a heterosexual? Today, the Philistines have taken the heterosexual and bound them up and have stated that they are unlawful to express themselves as being different than this whole newfangled assertion of gender identity. This is where you are today. What battle are you fighting? What team are you on? Am I too passionate for you? God wake you up because if you're on the wrong team, If you're on the wrong team, it will go ill with you. It will go ill with you if you're on the wrong team. Samson said unto them, though you have done this, yet will I be avenged of you. And after that, I will cease. Under point number one, let's clearly walk through it so we can get to point number two. False priority of the flesh. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? So in this fleshly system in which I live, they're more concerned about how you and I live after the flesh than how we live after the spirit. That's exactly right. 
See, whatever a man values, that tells him what his fundamental ethic is, what his worldview is. See, but the Bible tells me in 1 John chapter 2, around verse 14, all that's in the world is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father. So when you and I are being driven by those propensities to value those things at the level of spending 80 hours a week to procure it, then we know that we might be on the wrong team. If you and I are not sowing to the spirit because we prioritize the reality behind the physical, now we need to eat. But we need God way more than we need food. We need physical food and we need to pay our bills, but we need God way more than we need those things. It's really true. It's really true. Some of us are Philistines and we're starting to see it today. I bet you didn't know you was coming to church to be told you was a Philistine. You'll see it here in a few verses. You'll see it here in a few verses. And so we're being told here in our text that the problem with the Philistines is Samson. That's right. The problem with the Philistines is Samson. If Samson had never showed up, the Philistines wouldn't have a problem. That's what Jesus said. If I had not come, then your sins would have remained and you would have never known because there would have been no light shining on your sins. I'm giving you a hint of who the Philistines are. So Jesus says, if I had not come, none of this controversy would be going on. But Jesus said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I am the light of the world. And men love darkness rather than light. And that's the problem when the gospel is preached accurately in terms of the sovereignty of God and his all-encompassing rule. And when he cuts the light of truth on, we don't like being told we're wrong. But you can never get right until you are convinced that you're wrong. And so what Samson is about to deal with is what I consider a pathetic optic. Point number two, an attempt to do what? Bind him. I'm going to go a little bit deeper now. An attempt to bind him. Look at verse 9 and 10. In verse, uh, verse, uh, uh, verse 8 through 10. Notice what it says. And I'll start at verse, Samson, uh, verse 7. And Samson said unto them, Though ye have done this, yet will I be avenged of you, and after that I will cease. And he smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter. Do you see that? I love the way he put that. You don't know what that means, but I'm going to keep it simple. It means Samson gave a whole bunch of Philistines a good old country. (laughs) Did it come home? He gave them a good old country tail whipping. The kind of tail whipping you get when you come up on somebody underestimating who they is. And they knock you down and kick your butt and then you get up and they knock you down some more and kick your butt and then you get up and they bust your head and they bust your hip and they bust your thighs. That's what Samson did. He went through giving a good old country tail whipping. You know the kind of tail whipping that when you're watching, you try to tell that brother, brother, stay down. Brother, stay down. Stay down, brother, because this ain't going well for you. I love this because Samson is not even full of the Holy Ghost yet. There are four specific times he's filled with the Spirit. I told you that. We don't play with the Holy Spirit. 
He's sovereign. He comes when he wants to. He's not an emotional creature that you can conjure up like the pagan kundalini spirit. He comes when he wants to. He's God. I need him every day. I don't know about you. But I can't tell him when to come and I can't tell him when to go. And sometimes he puts us in situations where we need to be weak and call on him to help us. You're getting ready to see that now. But I'm just saying, I would take David. I would take Samson. I would take Peter. Peter would be uh, on the bench, but I would take him. (laughs) If I had to go to war, right? I would take David's three mighty men. All right. And, and, and also I would take Sister Deborah. I'd take uh, I would take Rahab because they do great intelligence. If I had to go to war, I'm just letting you know, God's saints are in battles all the time. Don't act like you're not in a battle. You're in a battle. And he gives them the wisdom of the spirit to engage the battle for God's glory. And this is almost always about liberating the people of God. That's the antithesis message here. The enemy wants to bind you and God's purpose is to liberate his people. And we're dealing with the decree to bind Samson because Samson is wreaking havoc on the flesh. This is why I was warning you guys earlier. If you are a carnal Christian, you don't like spiritual believers. If you're a carnal Christian, the ethic operating in you is bind Samson. Bind that man. Don't let him tell us the truth. We don't like what he's saying. You understand what I just stated? That's a carnal Christian. That's what we're about to deal with now. Pathetic, but it's true. And y'all getting ready to see once again, him who comes in the volume of the book. Notice what the text says. I could say more about a good old country tail whipping, but I'll save that for sanctification. Verse nine, then the Philistines went up. I'm sorry. He smote them high, thigh and hip with a great slaughter. And he went down and dwelt in the top of the rock, Etam. Now I'm telling you, he didn't run to hide. He walked to rest. He didn't run to hide. He walked. I guarantee you, none of those Philistines came chasing after Samson as he was walking over to Etam. He took his time and walked over to Edom and he went into what is called a cleft of the rock to rest. Now, I don't know about you, but the cleft of the rock to me is Christ. He's a hiding place for all those that put their trust in him. He's a great way to rest after a battle because, you know, in a minute you got to fight again. So go head on and hide in the rock, in the cleft of the rock and enjoy the shadow and the covering and the protection and the restoration because tomorrow you got to do it again. Is that good or what? Samson said, let me go fellowship with the Lord Jesus. Let me get some counsel because I still got some butt to whoop. And while he's resting, a real strange thing occurs. Verse 9 and 10. Look, watch this. Then the Philistines went up and pitched in where? And spread themselves in Lahay. This is outside of the regions of Judah and really nearby. I'll talk about this next week as we deal with God's honor for the man that truly fights. That's the last part of the text we're dealing with. The post-war 
confirmation that God is with Samson. Because a lot of times when you fight a battle, after you fought that battle, you will go into a kind of postmortem depression. And for all kinds of reasons, that's what happens when a woman has a child because she's fighting a battle. And once that child is brought forth, her body starts to go through all kinds of changes, post-mortem depression, because it has to be regenerated, recalibrated. She was fighting a battle for nine months to hold uh, an eternity-bound soul. And when she delivered that child, she almost died in that battle. And God had to recover her. Am I making some sense? That's what salvation is. It's a battle. And post-mortem comes sometimes at the end of a great victory. And so our brother Samson was smart enough to go hide somewhere where he could recuperate before the enemy got a hold of him. While he's resting, and resting can be a precarious thing because resting is a matter of choice making around time. You can rest, but your enemy is not resting. You can rest, but your adversary is strategizing how to encompass you about. Again, that's a paradigm, is it not? It is the paradigm of the Armageddon motif. The Armageddon motif is where God's people are few and the enemy are many and they're always surrounding God's people. It puts God's people in a position where they need God to rescue them. Is that true? This runs all the way through the Bible. This is where the Christian can't be playing games about who they are in Christ. Because the way God sets you up in this rhythm of relationship is he lets you get down. He lets you be disadvantaged. He lets you be weak. He lets you be compassed about by your enemies. So you won't ever think for a moment that you have the strength to overcome them. See, we all want, listen, we all want to be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, 24 hours a day. But it don't work like that because it didn't work like that for Christ. See, in in our weakness, God is made strong. You got to understand that paradoxical reality. God got, he has to get the glory, Brother Mac, out of the victory. So the text tells us something here quite interesting under point number two, verses nine and 10. I love this. It goes on to say, In verse 10, and the men of Judah said, why are you come up against us? Now, will you mark the intervention of the people of God, the men of Judah? You can't get more Jewish than that. Yehuda, Yada, that is essentially Judaism. But we can get into the Israeli, Lebanese variation of the culture and all that dynamic. We're not. The text is teaching us the Judites because the Judite as you guys have learned here for many years, is the warrior tribe besides Benjamin. They are the warrior tribe. Their job was to go in first into the land of Palestine. Remember that? So they have a keen sense that something strange is happening where all these Philistines are encamping about in Lehi. They feel threatened, don't they? Do they feel threatened? All right, I want to help you. Because this optic should map over to where we are today. I told you, if you're not preaching and teaching and exalting Christ in relationship to what's going on in our world, you are missing the point. You're in a time capsule, in a bubble, in a delusion. If the word of God is not relevant to where we are right now, the spirit of truth is not working in our community. And so the men of Judah said, why you come up against us? And they answered, to bind Samson. I want you to get that. What is the goal of the flesh? To bind Samson. Now Samson, 
points to who? Jesus. And if it points to Jesus, who else does it point to? The believer. Because the optic that you're about to see is the binding of Samson's body. Don't think that you can get away with the attempt to be bound. If they bound Jesus, they're going to try to bind you. And you just need to understand this battle. You and I are going not, we're not going to skate our way to glory while others are fighting the battle of the kingdom of God and have to go through being bound because the believers are being bound all the time. As I speak, believers around the world are being bound for Christ's sake right now. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 6.30. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace Bible. Dot com or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible, and again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.